We are now going to continue our coverage, get analysis and reaction. Everybody knows by now that Derek Chauvin um, on Tuesday, April 21st, was found guilty on all three charges against him in the murder of George Floyd. A, a lot of people have been uh, weighing in, including uh, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, who called the verdict a step toward uh, a step forward in law enforcement reform. She said, quote, a measure of justice isn't the same as equal justice, adding that, quote, we still have work to do. Um, Vice President Harris said that she and President Biden will continue to urge the Senate to pass the George Floyd Justice in Policing Act. What I'd like to do now is to hear a bit of uh, Joe Biden addressing the nation. And one only has to think back of if the other guy was in the White House at this moment, what would he be doing? How would he uh, be reacting, uh, given that one of his media um, backers, Tucker Carlson, actually says that the verdict came the way it did because the jurors were intimidated by protesters. So they're going to find a way to uh, make something out of this. But also, um, following that clip, I'd like to play one about this disturbing uh, news now about the killing, police killing of a 16-year-old in Columbus, Ohio, uh, Micaiah Bryant. Let's go to those clips and then we'll welcome our guests. No one should be above the law. And today's verdict sends that message. But it's not enough. We can't stop here. In order to deliver real change and reform, we can and we must do more to reduce the likelihood that tragedies like this will ever happen and occur again. To ensure the black and brown people, or anyone, so they don't fear the interactions with law enforcement, that they don't have to wake up knowing that they can lose their very life in the course of just living their life. They don't have to worry about whether their sons or daughters will come home after a grocery store run or just walking down the street or driving their car or playing in the park or just sleeping at home. And this takes acknowledging and confronting head-on systemic racism and the racial disparities that exist in policing and in our criminal justice system more broadly. You know, state and local government and law enforcement needs to step up, but so does the federal government. It's the work we do every day to change hearts and minds, as well as laws and policies. That's the work we have to do. Only then will full justice and full equality be delivered to all Americans. And that's what I just discussed with the Floyd family. The guilty verdict does not bring back George. But through the family's pain, they're finding purpose so George, George's legacy will not be just about his death, but about what we must do in his memory. I also spoke to Gianna, George loves George's young daughter again. When I met her last year, I've said this before, at George's funeral, I told her how brave I thought she was. And I sort of knelt down to hold her hand. I said, Daddy's looking down on you. He's so proud. He said to me then, I'll never forget it, Daddy changed the world. 
I told her this afternoon that it did change the world. Protesters voiced outrage in Columbus, Ohio on Tuesday after a black teenage girl was fatally shot by a police officer. Authorities said the girl had lunged at two people with a knife. They also say the officers involved were answering a 911 call about an attempted stabbing. Columbus police released the officer's body camera footage of Tuesday's shooting just hours later. Police Chief Michael Woods says that the video shows the victim holding a knife after officers arrived and charging towards another girl. A police officer then opened fire on the girl with the knife as she collapsed against a car parked in the driveway. As per policy, officers immediately assessed the female for injuries, summoned a medic, and began CPR. Authorities described the victim as a 15-year-old girl, but family members have identified her as 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant. Woods said that the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation has opened an inquiry and appealed for calm until the case is closed. Protesters had already begun gathering near the crime scene earlier in the day. The shooting comes just as peaceful marchers across the country took to the streets after Derek Chauvin was convicted of murdering George Floyd, whose death last summer sparked anti-racism protests around the world. The Columbus police officer who opened fire on Tuesday was not identified, but Wood said that he would be taken off the street pending an investigation. All righty, and that was a clip from uh, Reuters. And we have two distinguished uh, panelists here ready to give their thoughts, analysis on all of this. What I'd like to do now is to go welcome our guests. Uh, first, I'd like to welcome Dr. Gwendolyn Zohara Simmons, Professor Emerita of African American and Islamic Studies at the University of Florida. Um, uh, Zahara, as I call her, was a SNCC, a Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee staff person uh, during Freedom Summer, the famous Freedom Summer of 1964. She remained there for 18 months working to get um, black people in Mississippi the right to vote. Uh, she was one of the three women project directors in the state. She was based in Laurel, Mississippi, where the head of the Mississippi Ku Klux Klan uh, was based. Uh, so, Hara, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, I'd like to welcome also Dr. Peniel E. Joseph. He is the Barbara Jordan Chair in Political Values and Ethics at the LBJ School of Public Affairs and founding director of the study for the Center uh, for the for the study of race and democracy, sorry about that, uh, Pinel, at the University of Texas at Austin. His latest book, The Sword and the Shield, The Revolutionary Lives of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. It was published by Basic Books in April of last year. Dr. Pinel Joseph, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Margaret. Well, um, Pinel, we're actually going to start with you uh, to first give your reaction, but um, then to the verdict, of course, and the result of a massive nationwide and, and worldwide movement. But then we have the funeral of, of Dante Wright coming up. 10 miles away from where George Floyd was killed. I think it's going to be on Thursday, the last I heard. And now the police uh, shooting, killing of this 16-year-old girl, Micaiah Bryant. A lot 
we still have to face some progress, but a lot more to be done. Pinel. No, absolutely. I think um, yesterday was a day of accountability. I wouldn't call that justice. I think that justice is going to come when we no longer have, um, whether it's Dante Wright or Makia Bryant or uh, Breonna Taylor, who are just uh, shot and murdered by the police. I think that the words of the president um, were good, but are really not enough. Uh, the George Floyd uh, Justice and Policing Act should be passed, but that's not enough. I, I think that what BLM activists have called for uh, in terms of defunding the police, reimagining public safety so we don't send first responders who are armed uh, to murder teenagers uh, is what's important. But it's going to be very, very difficult because in 1970, uh, Margaret, we had 150,000 police officers nationwide, and we have over 800,000 today, and we have 18,000 police departments. And those those have to be demobilized, and that's the whole thing. It's just like it's just like the the, the incarceration that we have in the United States: 2.2 million people, and the number of uh, people who are connected to these systems of incarceration. A million people's jobs depend on prisons, mostly at the state level. But there's county jails, and there's a small federal prison population of a couple hundred thousand people. All of that has to be deconstructed and reimagined. So one thing we have to remember is that the only reason George Floyd's family got accountability is that last year we organized the largest social justice movement in American history. And without that, conventional politics, conventional voting rights, all those things matter, but are not enough. And we've seen that with a Republican Party that is trying to suppress the black vote. But we also see it right now where the, the, the Senate is 50-50, but we have one senator, Joe Manchin, who's got veto power over any progressive legislation. So the only way we're going to ever be able to get justice is by holding folks accountable, but you're going to have to do it in the streets. And that's why my last comment is Maxine Waters. And Maxine Waters is really a courageous civil rights activist, a courageous black freedom fighter who said that people had to engage in the politics of confrontation. She wasn't talking about looting. She was saying confrontation where we express ourselves loud and clear and say there will be no peace without justice. Right, and, and you're absolutely right, Pinel Joseph. We all know very well what Congresswoman uh, Maxine Waters was referring to, but it seems as though the Republican Party, the uh, right wing, they don't have a heck of a lot to say, um, or what can they say now besides what uh, Tucker Carlson is claiming, except to go after Auntie Maxine, as she is known by, uh, uh, she's very, very beloved here in Southern California and across the nation. So that is just a, a, a non-starter, and they tried to censor in Congress, um, uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, and that didn't go anywhere either, although notably the vote was along uh, party lines. But um, Zahara, bringing you here, I mean, you have been through so much. You're one of those people who did the work, the rights of which some of us take for granted now. Uh, you are on the ground uh, doing that work. And one has to wonder when enough will be enough. I mean, there was Emmett Till, 
um, and people are saying, well, that's going to make a, a big difference. Well, it did make a difference. However, now we have a George Floyd. Um, we now have um, Micaiah Bryant. We have uh, Dante uh, Wright. And in your time, of course, not only Emmett Till, but Goodman, Cheney, Schwerner, the three civil rights workers who, who were killed. I mean, the three girls who were blown up in, in the church, um, Dylan Roof, who shot and killed nine people in a church. So it just seems to keep going on and on and on. And uh, Zohara, given the work that you have done and where we are now, uh, your thoughts, your reaction uh, to the verdict, but also, you know, give us some context here. What do you think this generally could mean for us moving forward? Sahara? Well, thank you very much uh, for the very detailed question. Uh, I, first of all, agree totally with everything that uh, Dr. Pinnell has said. Um, you know, obviously, I was uh, pleased with the verdict yesterday. I did not expect it, uh, so it was, you know, quite a surprise. Uh, but at the same time, uh, just as Dr. Joseph has said, uh, you know, we have such a long way to go. Uh, there have been only seven murder convictions for fatal police shootings in this country since 2005. And, you know, the killing of black men, women, and children by police officers is two times, uh, over two times for black people as it is for whites. And just as all of us were uh, celebrating the verdict yesterday, uh, someone texted me, uh, that a 15-year-old, or now we know she was 16, had been killed in Columbus, Ohio, Micaiah Bryant. And I thought, how is it that police can bring in alive mass murderers, but they can't stop a 16-year-old girl with a knife without pumping four bullets into her chest. Uh, I've learned that she was a person in foster care, uh, and it doesn't matter, you know, but just to jump out of his car, which he did, and kill her. I mean, this is the thing, you know, and Columbus has had three killings uh, since 2020 that are highly suspect by the police. Uh, one of whom, one of those police officers has been indicted for murder, felony murder. Uh, so that's a good thing. But we, uh, as Dr. Joseph said, it takes feet in the streets to get justice for African Americans. Yes, we must put progressive people in office. Uh, you know, I think it's very important who the attorney general in Minnesota is. Uh, you know, we have to have people in those positions to begin to tilt the justice system toward justice. But at the same time, it's not going to happen if we are not organized and we don't get in the streets. We still need mass 
mobilization yes. against yes. these killings uh, yes. and, and so many other things that we're faced with. Thank you. And um, Peniel Joseph, thank you for that, uh, Dr. Jo Zahara Simmons. Um, you know, there is a tendency, and I did hear some of that in the celebration yesterday, to say, well, this is a victory for America. And, you know, underneath that was a little bit, well, we got, as you say, not justice, but accountability. I think even Biden admitted that. Um, but that some people may take this as well. This verdict means that all is well in, in America. And, you know, you black people who are keeping complaining about this, that, or the other, you know, just use this as an example. Um, just your final thoughts on you know, how this could be seen within the context of this experiment called these United States, uh, Dr. Peniel Joseph. Well, well, I think that uh, I'm going to just talk about black people. Our people know, uh, black, brown, indigenous people, uh, that this is just the beginning. Uh, it's very important for us to understand that even where, where um, uh, Dr. Simmons was talking about, you know, her, her time in the 1960s, um, in many ways, away from the black uh, bourgeoisie who are doing so much better now, uh, including people like, you know, the former president of the United States and Michelle Obama, for, for millions of black people, it's, it's a worse situation in 2021 than it was in 1961. And I'll tell you why. It's a worse situation, not because we don't have the same Jim Crow signs, but the systems and structures and violence of, and systems of domination are even more entrenched in this neoliberal system than ever before. That's why we're dying in such explicit rates, right? So this is, you know, some people want to focus on wealth inequality, income inequality. I, I, I support that. But the reason why we're dying is that we are racially segregated and economically impoverished by this system that is still at the center of this system is the slave power. W.E.B. Du Bois said that we had to push for abolition democracy in 1935 in Black Reconstruction. And he said that the United States was a place where they worshiped God wildly, right? They bought and sold human beings. And in the 20th century, women and men were being burned alive. That holds true for the 21st century, right? So we can't listen to the lies that somehow this represents justice. Tens of millions of black people, we are in a worse position now than we were in 1961, than we were in 1921, because of these systems and structures of domination. And I'm not talking about the black bourgeoisie, because even at the end of racial slavery in 1865, there were a half a million free black folks. But it becomes so what if four million of us were not free, right? It becomes so what? So this is not about the Tiger Woods and Oprah Winfrey uh, and the black people are doing fine. This is about the rest of us. And the only person who's gonna love us is us. So we have to understand that we are facing a monstrous moral and political evil. That's what you're seeing out in the streets. That's what you're seeing in Fox News. And unless we have the courage like Fannie Lou Hamer and Dr. King and Malcolm X and people like Dr. Simmons to speak truth to power, our babies are not going to live. And that's why 16-year-olds are being shot and killed. This country is still the slave power of 1865, and we've all been, we've all been sold a lie that we are somehow free, right. that we somehow have citizenship and dignity, and we do not.
Okay, I'm afraid on that strong note, we are going to have to leave it there. Dr. Uh, Zahara Simmons, I think he summed up and underscored your point. I'd love to have an in-depth conversation with both of you together. Uh, thank both of you for joining us.